Greetings, friends. Happy Monday. You're listening to the What's Right Show, live and local here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Well, that sigh here, friends, is because this Monday's already off to a hell of a start. Uh, Yeah, Sam Rajofsky here, by the way, host of the What's Right Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on the station. Friends, another, another week, another bank closure, this time the third of this uh, latest batch, second largest bank closure uh, in U.S. history. I um, want to point out here a little bit about First Republic. Most people here in Las Vegas are not familiar with First Republic. Uh, You probably are just hearing about it now as an institution, given that it's been in the news. Yes, today it was seized by federal regulators, sold uh, a great deal, by the way, J.P. Morgan Chase going in, swallowing up these banks one by one. That's a subject unto itself. But uh, th- this bank is a this is a this is a phenomenal was past tense a phenomenal bank. This was how might I describe it? Silicon Valley Bank was that was the one that failed just before this about you know about three weeks ago or so. It, th- First Republic, like Silicon Valley Bank, had a lot of high uh, net worth individuals that uh, that bank there and that uh, that that were depositors and customers of the bank. But they were a regional bank in many ways, right? They had offices in based in San Francisco, L.A., Orange County, California. I think they had a presence in Florida, in South Florida, Miami, and Palm Beach, and New York City. They they kind of base themselves where wealthy, rich guys and gals live. I mean, that's kind of their 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 deal. Now, one of the problems that First Republic had is by, by, by having a, a fairly cozy relationship with a lot of these high net worth individuals, these people have what? They have, you know, big properties. It's not like when they buy a house, it's not an $800,000 house. They buy a house and it's a – it might not even be an $8 million house, honestly. They buy a house, it's a $35 million house. Those are the kind of customers that First Republic had. And the problem with that is a lot of these, these folks, the, you know, the value of a $35 million house is a little more subjective. It's a little less precise than the value of, say, a, well, I don't know, an, you know, an $800,000, $850,000 property. An $850,000 property, if you've got a track home in a neighborhood where there are roughly 200 other homes just like it, what do you have? You got a whole lot of comps, right? Got a whole other houses that are roughly the square footage, roughly in the same location that have all sold within the last, you know, 48 months. And you, you've, you've, you've got some comparables. Harder to do with high, you know, these, these bigger properties because who's to say that it's a $35 million house and not a $20 million house? Now, why is this a point? Well, it's a point if, if the bank is lending on a $35 million house and has an exposure that is, you know, that is relative to to that value, is anchored to that value, and then that value goes poof, and it's actually more like 18, and all of a sudden, guess what? The bank is undercapitalized. And that's one of the big problems that occurred here for First Republic. Very, very dependent on these big money folks. Now, this... Okay, well, I'll tell you. I'll be, you know, a little bit of inside baseball here. Sam and Ash, 
LLP, a law firm based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Of course, I, I mentioned how we have a, a small office operating office in California. Yes, in Orange County, Newport Beach, both Ashley and I are licensed there, and we banked in California. Our California bank uh, was First Republic. And the reason for this is, by the way, uh, the State Bar of California, State Bar of Nevada, all most bar associations in each of the 50 states requires that if you have a branch of your law firm in a particular state that you keep your client, attorney-client trust accounts in that state. So we had a quite a bit of money on deposit on behalf of our clients at First Republic. On Thursday, I got word from people inside. I didn't report this, of course, on Friday on air because this was, I felt, um, inappropriate information to share. But I received information that the bank would fail. And so we had to, we, I'll tell you, we wired a client funds out of the bank at about one o'clock on Friday afternoon to a new bank. So it was kind of a photo finish, uh, regrettably. And it, it's very sad for me. I'm a loyal guy. I, you know, the, the, when the first news, this was about, a, you know, about three weeks ago, the first news, First Republic was having some problems. We all got emails from the president of the bank saying, no problem, we've got liquidity. We've, we just had a capital infusion. In fact, there was another bank that came in and gave them a large line of credit. And, you know, and so we, we stayed put, but it was, you know, it, 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 it right on Friday, right as I went on air, uh, it was, you know, it was about one o'clock, <laughs> wire cut off. We got the money out of there. Now, it turns out, of course, depositors are safe today, but there's no guarantees. There were no guarantees on Friday. We didn't know that. The deal was struck over the weekend. And why does this matter, right? What's, why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I, I, I'm convinced that this banking sector is hanging by a thread. It's, look, it's one, these bank runs, it used to be, a bank run used to mean that a bunch of people who were depositors at the bank had to form a long line outside the bank and dutifully wait their turn to talk to a teller and withdraw cash. The bank maybe had the cash or didn't have the cash, but now it's, you know, if there's an inkling that a bank is going to go down, what happens with, 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 with outflows? It's pretty easy. I mean, from the comfort of my office or home, I can send wire instructions to the bank, and the bank has to honor it. The bank has to literally say, uh, fine, all right, we're sending this, this money out that was on deposit in this bank uh, to another bank. And what happened, first, you know, First Republic, for example, same thing, uh, by the way, to Silicon Valley, uh, is that they lost hundreds of billions of dollars in deposits in, in days. That, of course, is not sustainable. Now, it matters because, of course, the, 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 we, we all have faith that when we put our money into a bank, it's secure. The difference between the United States of America and I don't want to pick on any countries here, but let's say Argentina, or shall we say um, countries in the Middle East, you know, Syria and Lebanon. Lebanon's a great example. They have, uh, their banks have just refused to pay depositors their money. There's, there's a tremendous amount of unrest in the country. It's a great example, Lebanon. The difference between us and them is that we have confidence in our banking system, or at least we did. 
Now, moments ago, uh, speaking from the White House, President Joe Biden said that everything is fine. Nothing to see here, folks. Have confidence in the banking sector. Don't mind that three banks failed all in the past, you know, couple of months. No biggie. We got this. Now, maybe you're not a financial genius, nor am I, by the way. I'm a lawyer, but I, I look at this and I, and I, and I, and you, you, we are all critical thinkers, are we not? So we look at this and we say, huh, do we trust this guy on stuff that we absolutely know 95% about? No. Meaning we, do we, we, don't, we don't really trust Biden, do we? <laughs> then he gets up there and says, everything's fine. Meanwhile, it's all on fire. And the winners in all of this are the big banks. And I'm not a big bank guy. I, I, you know, we, we don't, I've never, I originally, when I first got in business, I banked with Bank of America. They were terrible. Sorry, Bank of America, you stink. Because it's, you're just a name. You're, it's, and, and not only that, I mean, you, you're really at the mercy of, of, of a giant corporate behemoth. And, and, but my concern is that all of these bank failures that were caused by uh, frankly, by the policies put forward by this White House, this administration. These failures uh, are going to be used as pretext to bring about new rules and regulations that are going to wipe out and make it impossible for community banks like the ones here in Nevada and in many communities across the United States from uh, taking hold. And meanwhile, of course, J.P. Morgan Chase buying everything up uh, Bank of America, et cetera. These are the banks that are, 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 are winning in all of this. So the big banks keep getting bigger, the small ones destroyed by this administration and its foolish policies. And the, the, the net consequence of this to, to, to those of us, you know, regular folk here who are, you know, who, who don't want to necessarily bank with a big bank is we get screwed. That is what is going on. And so Biden can say this is all great, nothing to see here. Don't pay any attention to it, Sam. But I'm telling you, I'm paying attention to it. It's a big, big deal. And, and yes, uh, incidentally, expect more banks to fail. Taking a quick break here, Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Don't go anywhere. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, 1 to 3 p.m. right here on the station. Uh, friends, apropos, that's a fancy word, apropos, um, incidental, right? Uh, adjacent to when I was speaking of earlier and bank failures, Charlie Munger, do you know who he, this is? Robbie is shaking his head in the affirmative. Well, Robbie knows because familiar with this man. Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's business partner. Warren Buffett is called the smartest investor uh, of America. He's he and um, and Munger they operate Berkshire Hathaway, and this is one of the kind of rare companies that has constantly performed exceptionally well for its 
shareholders acquiring businesses and then building them up. Uh, quite a large portfolio. I think they're they're they own Costco, or they did for a period of time. So they're they're a very uh, they're a very successful uh, group of of people. And Munger, who himself uh, is also a lawyer, uh, he uh, has warned that there is a brewing storm in the U.S. commercial property market. He says American banks are full of what he calls bad loans as property prices fall. Th- this is. Commercial property is a little bit, in some ways, like you know, high-end, you know, big uh, private, uh, you know, residences, homes, you know, that are that are that are expensive, right? We'll call them the the properties that are north of say two million dollars. A little bit subjective, depending on the market, of course, right? So, LA two million for a house, obviously not not as big of a deal as two million in say somewhere in Nebraska. But there, uh, he warns that there's a potential commercial property crash uh, following these recent bank failures. Now, the good news is, I, he says, this is a guy who is 99 years old and has seen a few things. He says it's not nearly as bad as it was in 2008. Okay, let me repeat that. It's not nearly as bad as it was in 2008. Now, what this makes me think of something very important. What made 2008 so bad? What was the, if you took the housing market crash of 2008 and, and took that, that event and traced it back to its origins, what, what do you think it was that caused it? See, this is important because whenever politicians insert themselves into economics, Bad things happen. What we had at the start of the George W. Bush presidency was a, a, a wonderful platitude because, of course, Bush W., affectionately called by some in the new mainstream press, <laughs> W., was a, you remember this term, a compassionate conservative. Now, I'm a common-sense conservative. Com- common sense has nothing, and I mean zero, to do with compassion. Compassion gets you into trouble, okay? I'm not saying be a jerk, but I'm just saying compassion is for brainless twits. In politics, you have to have common sense. Now, that was missing in a particular edict that Bush uh, put out there and Congress went along with. And this was The idea was that everybody ought to have a home. Bush is, you know, one measure of his success, and he touted this in his in in, in multiple speeches, including uh, State of the Union speeches. He said, "Look, property ownership is up." But the problem is that Bush, the administration, and Congress made it easier for people to get loans. True, and in turn, it invited what? It invited folks to enter the, 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 the housing market, and, and they weren't qualified. Remember stated income loans? Yeah, I mean, I, I make $120,000 a year, says the bartender who maybe, you know, aver- in one month, a year and a half ago, had, a, had what would have been the equivalent of $100,000 a year in a month, but did not, did, you know, did not have the income. And people would get, you know, speculate on properties and everything, and the whole thing just blew up. 
So Munger says that's not going to happen. But again, I, I want to I want to be clear that whenever you hear the government talking about how they're going to fix the economy, they're going to fix the banking crisis, they're going to fix inflation. None of this is good. When I hear the government, what's the old Ronald Reagan quote? You know, if <laughs> if the yeah, I the the scariest words. The scariest words are, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. What Bush did is he incentivized new homeowners to get loans they couldn't afford. And they forced banks through their policies to make those loans. And then, and then when everything came crashing down uh, to earth, which was foreseeable, frankly, uh, for anybody with half a brain, guess what? Then Obama turned around, being the demagogue and, and worthless twit that he was, and he says, see, it's the greedy banks. And this is where me as a common sense person, I, listen to me, I'm the first to criticize Bush for what he did because the Bush policies got us in the mess. But at the same time, I'm, I'm grossly, hugely critical of Obama's reaction to it, which was uh, obviously very cynical and it was a it was a political ploy I understand all that right but but I'm, I'm hugely cynical of it and I'm, I'm critical of it because why because when the government sets out rules and says we will buy any loan that meets these 10 criteria criterias and the banks do it and go out and get those loans and sell it to the government how is it the bank's fault the bank is doing what the government said that they they would honor if the government sends the, sets the rules on, on, on lending, which, by the way, I don't think it ought to. <laughs> I don't think it's – I don't think the government – I don't think Freddie, May, Freddie Mac and, 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 and Fannie Mae should exist. I don't think that this is something that we ought to be doing. Let banks take their money and, and by the way, and loan it out at their terms. And if it all blows up, then guess what? They're screwed. They paid into FDIC. Depositors are insured based on a certain amount, and 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 that's it. No bailouts. I guess that's not very compassionate of me, is it? On the flip side, that would create a far more stable in the long run. Trust me, stable, yes, safe, and reliable banking system than what we have now. We are still today. We are still paying for. The Bush and Obama era nonsense. And don't try blaming. None of this is Trump's fault. This absolutely not. But it, it traces back to Bush and Obama. By the way, side note here, I will tell you this as a lawyer. If you have a case right now and you've got your, your lawyer is holding money on your behalf, that money is insured per individual injured plaintiff up to the $250,000 max. So if your money is lumped in with other money in the attorney-client trust account, you're, you're probably going to be okay as long as it's being kept separate, right? And it's being listed as a sub-account in the, in the journaling uh, for, that, for that account. So just be, be aware of this, right? And if you've got any questions, certainly call your lawyer and make sure that your money is safe. Should... More banks go down. All right. Now, in all of this, Biden's having ho-hum fun at the Washington Correspondents' Dinner. What did he say? He got some laughs. Are they laughing at him? 
Hmm, we'll find out. Sam Murchofsky, The What's Right Show, will continue in just a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, that's me, Sam Rajovsky, here on News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right Show is on. Now, friends, before we get to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, uh, let me just mention here my firm, Sam and Ash Injury Law, the sponsor of this hour of today's program. Uh, one thing I've been talking about quite a bit is that there are folks out there here in Nevada in Las Vegas, but frankly happens in other states as well, uh, who on behalf of law firms drive around with police scanners, who work with tow truck operators, sometimes folks in the emergency room, etc., to illegally get you to sign with a shady lawyer. And you as unsuspecting customers, consumers need to be aware of this practice. In Nevada, it is illegal for attorneys directly or indirectly, to sign you up at the scene of an accident. Unfortunately, it's still, even though it's illegal, it happens every single day. They've got tow truck drivers, paralegals, call themselves that. They might not even be paralegals. They're listening to their police scanners, following the apps, getting to the scene of the accident, sometimes even before the police. They come up to you, hey, you need a lawyer, got hit, you got, you know, they can't do that. They take your name, they sell your information to a lawyer, they get a cash payment under the table, and that lawyer is starting work on your case with a misdemeanor. That is how he or she is, is entering into a professional relationship with you. It's not good, and it does not bode well for you uh, and that lawyer and for the balance of your case. If this has happened to you, you can get out of it. It's never too late. You might be entitled even to compensation. Call or text Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234. It is never too late to right the wrong and hire a lawyer that does what's right. 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. All right. Well, speaking of a car crash, um, <laughs> well, listen, White House Correspondents' Dinner, this is, this is lovingly uh, referred to uh, by some as the nerd prom. Have you heard that expression? Uh, yeah, it's, it, what is it? Every year, the President of the United States invites together the various people who cover the White House in this case, this is mostly of state-sponsored media. In years past, I remember in the Obama presidency, there would be a, a, a Fox table, and nobody even ta- – well, they all were curious about who the Fox people were because they were well-paid and, and famous and were getting great ratings. But it was a room full of mostly media who doesn't do very well numbers-wise but, of course, gets fawning attention because they're – favorable to the left-wing administration that they were covering at the time. And the same is, of course, going on now. So they have, all right, they have this, uh, they've got this, this, this party. It happened this weekend. And uh, 
and, and Biden, Biden cracked a joke on Saturday night. He cracked a joke. I'll play, it, I'll play it for you. Okay, here's Biden Saturday night uh, saying, you know, the dinner, you know, it's, he, he, he wasn't up there very long, no. And he sounded like he, he has been lately, a little bit out of it. But here's his joke. In a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. I'm just, um, just going to do that. I'm going to just, uh, yeah. T- <laughs> yeah. Uh, first two years, what do you say? A lot of ways this dinner, dinner sums up my first years of office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. You know, it's fun. It, to me, this is funny because, of course, he's acknowledging the fact that he's not taking any questions. And by the way, this isn't very funny considering he's just saying he's going to run for a second term. This is a guy who didn't take very many questions when he ran the first time, then hid from the media most of his first term, and now wants to get reelected. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's funny. Now, there, the guy that was kind of the headliner, the comedian, there's always an invited comedian who's the, who's the master of ceremonies. This was Roy Wood. Uh, Roy Wood was, was div- delivering some remarks, but, he, you know, he, <laughs> he brought up the classified document scandal. Uh, listen, this is what he had to say about that. I don't that. know about y'all, but for me, um, the easiest scandal to follow was the Trump document scandal. That was the one that was easy to follow. It was simple. There's some stuff that's supposed to be in the White House that ain't. (laughs) And the media, y'all did y'all's job. Y'all jumped on that story. As soon as the Trump document story broke, everybody was down at Mar-a-Lago. We were reporting live from the documents, and we're gonna find them. (laughs) And then we found out Joe Biden had documents too, and it was like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Everybody got documents. Everybody got documents. Mike Pence has some documents. Ooh, about a, ooh, look, a Chinese spy balloon. Would you look at that? Ooh. Well done, media. Now, if you... Uh, th- by the way, this clip has been making the rounds uh, as, you know, kind of, kind of a... Oh, look, it's all good natured. They're poking fun at themselves. They're even showing some rare glimpses of self-awareness. I wouldn't be so full. They immediately then went into school shootings, drag queens, grooming, etc. with this gem. And also, speaking of drag queens, can, can we stop with the grooming stuff? Can you stop talking about that? Drag no. queens are not at a school to groom your kids. Stop it. And even if they were, most of them kids gonna get shot at school. It ain't no problem. Uh, cringe, cringe, as the Gen Zers would say. At best, mid, another Gen Z term. You, you know, folks, I, I employ some young people. I need to, side note here, I am working on expanding my Gen Z vocabulary. And between you and me, I, I think, what is it? Uh, what are those language programs? Duolingo, that's one of them. Rosetta Stone. I think they should come out with an app with a program uh, to teach boomers and then, you know, and then what, what am I? I? I'm like an entry millennial, borderline millennial. 
1980, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the cusp. Teach people like me uh, how to speak this new language uh, because it's, it's, it's something totally different. Um, side note, that'd be helpful. So I, this, this is a, this is a far, right? They, I have to tell you this. No, we are not going to stop talking about drag queens grooming kids in school. I know they are upset about it. I know you are upset about it. I know you don't like the word grooming because, side note, you're busy normalizing MAPs, MAPs, Minor Attracted Persons. Yes, that's another movement that is, I think right now most people are going to say, of course, it's, it's pedophilia is unacceptable. But trust me, there's, <laughs> that's a movement that's happening out there. Grooming kids, sexualizing our kids, and school safety are two totally different things. Notice how they want to pull it all together. And by the way, this guy, Roy, Roy Wood, is not the first person to want to do that. So I am, you know, I, I, when it comes, by the way, when it comes to schools, the Democrats are, they, they're on their back foot. Have you noticed this lately? I have this. I, honest to goodness, folks, I've got the sense right now that, that the left is is scrambling. Even that old hag, Randy Weingarten, you know who she is? She's the head lesbian communist that is uh, the, what is she, the head of the teachers' union, national teachers' union. Absolutely officious, repulsive human being. This is the person, if you wonder, by the way, why your kids sat at home, maybe an extra I don't know, a year, eight months, longer than they should have. You can thank Randy Weingarten and her group of, of, of pinkos that did all this stuff. By the way, catering, of course, to the efforts to dispose of Trump at the expense of kids. And remember, when we deal with the teachers' union, I'm, there's a point to this, but I just have to tell you. When we deal with the teachers' union, as a general rule, the teachers' union is there for the teachers, not the kids. And every time they say, it's about the kids, BS. Some of the best teachers I had in my life growing up, by the way, public school kid, I went to public school. My kids do not now for all sorts of reasons, which I've detailed extensively here on this program. But all my best teachers all confided in me basically saying, I hate the fact that the teachers union takes money out of my paycheck. I want nothing to do with them. These people have not my best interest uh, at, at heart. And so, the, that's, by the way, and now they're getting called out even on CNN. I, we're going to take a quick break. Randy Weingarten got called out on CNN because she tried to say, oh, we wanted to get the schools reopened. Oh, we were, we were working hard to get the schools reopened. People are revisionists. It's like they're, they're, they're in fantasy land. And the fight, we're bringing the fight to them. So from whether it's the drag queens, whether it's all this woke nonsense in the schools, now trying to completely rewrite the history on COVID, and the pushback is happening. It is on like Donkey Kong. And I, for one, am loving it. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. All right, friends, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, your place for common sense conservatism Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. 
All right, Randy Weingarten, the grand poobah of the union, the teachers, national uh, teachers union, uh, was, well, she was, I think she was testifying earlier, um, it was last week, testifying about how she uh, did everything. They tried to do everything, these teachers unions, to keep our schools open. So last Wednesday, in her remarks to Congress, Randy Weingarten said this. We spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. Uh, 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 We tried everything? Really? Summing up the overall attitude of the teachers' union and COVID closures, I'm going to be kind of rude here. So, so if you're easily offended, turn the radio off. Okay? A handful of nasty, unhealthy, physically unhealthy, paranoid, leftist educators prioritized themselves over our kids. And if you think I'm wrong about what I'm saying— Please email me, okay? Email me because I, I, I would love to hear from you how wrong I am. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. And it's high time that these, these, these lunatics be held to account. Now, speaking of Gen Z slang, retcon, that's the term here. Retcon, shortened form of retroactive continuity. Refers to, uh, I'll call it a literary device where um, a previously established narrative is changed completely, turned around. That is slang for what Weingarten is attempting here. Retcon. See, I'll have you, I will have you, I will have you speaking of Gen Z in no time. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's insanity, right? So anyway, Randy Weingarten, flash forward, what is she on? Let's see, uh, she's on CNN. Thursday, the day after, and a political contrib- uh, commentator, Scott Jennings, who's a conservative, but he's a conservative on CNN. So, I mean, I'm just letting you know. He's CNN's approved conservative. And he literally, she's saying the same thing after her testimony. And Jennings loses his you-know-what. I am stunned at what you have said this week about your claiming to have wanted to reopen schools. I think most you'll find that most parents believe you were the tip of the spear of school closures. There are numerous statements you made over the summer of 20, scaring people to death about the possibility of opening schools. And I hear no remorse whatsoever about the generational damage that's been done to these kids. I have two kids with learning differences. Do you know how hard it is for them to learn at home and not in a classroom that was designed for them? And for you to sit in front of Congress and the American people and say, oh, I, I wanted to open them the whole time. I, I am shocked. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And there are millions of parents who feel the exact same way. Yes, me. Me and my wife. Many of you listening to this program, we are the, the same parents that are equally stunned, just as Scott Jennings is in that clip on CNN confronting Randy Weingarten, who now the four of head of the teachers unions in the U.S. Cl- now claiming, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, we wanted to reopen. You know, we just safety first. 
<laughs> There's a great piece in Reason Magazine. I'm not going to get into all of it. Uh, all the way back from August of 2020. August, right? This is this is a reason, right? Corey DeAngelis writing about school reopenings linked to union influence and politics, not safety. And he gets at the data. The data's there, folks. And it was there in 2020. So I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any of this, but we didn't know, you know, retroactively now, you know, with, in hindsight, it's 2020. No, it was clear in 2020, the year. Don't give me now that you have perfect vision suddenly today in 2023. You're all political hacks. And the sooner that we take the power away from the teachers' unions, the better. By the way, her response is, uh, well, I don't know you, sir, and you don't know me, but I have worked for the last 20 or 30 years helping kids every single day. I've been a school teacher. I've been a union leader. I knew and understood the importance of reopening the schools and the importance of making sure that people were safe. <laughs> They're delusional, right? Actually, they're sociopathic. Now, this leads me uh, to a very important point, and, and it's, I keep talking about schools broadly, right, in the national sense, but of course this is playing out here in Las Vegas. Um, that is a fact. But I'm, I'm talking about schools broadly because something very fascinating and interesting, in my view, is occurring on campus right now in schools. Now, if you are a casual consumer of the media, drive-by media culture, you are your assumption would be that it's school safety, it's guns for, you know, Second Amendment, etc. And I disagree. See, I think that schools right now, our kids are the front lines for a major schism and breaking point for the left in America. Now, what do I mean by this? The left in our schools is pushing such crazy radicalism both in, the, in terms of agenda, I would say COVID certainly flushed a lot of these whack, wackos out into, the, you know, into, into, into center stage. Um, all of this is coming forward, and it's becoming, and hear me out on this, the Democratic Party that was once the party of the common man, of the regular hardworking American, of middle-class America, of, of working-class America, blue-collar America, now, with their craziness that they, with all this insanity that they're pushing in the schools, there is a blue collar revolt underway. And it hasn't hit the mainstream media yet, but it's there. And when you look at these school board meetings and people, parents that are going in and fighting against trans agendas, it's not people that look like me. It's not, it's not lawyers you know, wealthy Las Vegas lawyers, you know, who are coming in in a, in a white shirt and a tie. These are regular, hardworking, lower middle class, in many cases, Americans, and they've had it up to their gills. A lot of Hispanics. If you, you pull a, a white, privileged Democrat and say, are you a party that represents Hispanic Americans? Oh, yes, of course we are. Yes, we're diversity. You're... The Democratic Party is losing Hispanics. Why? Ugh, for, for religious people, Catholics, family people. And they don't want their three-year-old 
in a public school being being read to by a uh, by a drag queen, for starters. These are generalizations, but they are they are critical observations. And this all came to a head early last month in Riverside, which is a uh, community, a city in in, in uh, California. There was a, a a school board meeting. I'm going to play some clips for you from it because it literally goes off the rails fast. And the people that are that are talking, these are regular folks. I'll share with you what I mean. Pull it all together for you next hour. Do not go anywhere. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, the United States of Sam America. Yes, uh, that's me, Sam uh, Merjofsky, uh, <laughs> the host of the What's Right Show, also affectionately known as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Friends, let me guide you through these troubled times, which I do one show at a time here, 1 to 3 p.m., I mentioned this on Friday, and I wanted to uh, say a few things about it here again today. You know, the show is, I don't tend to really worry about the ratings. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, the ratings have consistently been going up. You know, we, of course, a little while back added an extra hour. The show overall is still new. You know, we're just over a year in here on this thing, folks, and it's going absolutely gangbusters. We're number two in the market uh, in talk, and we're, we're absolutely killing it. And I credit that, uh, friends, to each and every one of you. I am so grateful for you uh, to have your uh, trust, your support, uh, to have you out there as, as listeners and fans of this program. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm humbled uh, by your uh, support, and, and I just thank each and every one of you for it. And, and spread the word, because this really is one of the few places where you've got a host uh, talking every day uh and and i really just am am fearless okay and i and i i do this for all of you i will say it how it is now it won't always be perfect i make mistakes certainly as we as we do this i'm you know i these 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 shoes um you know left behind uh, or that have been uh put in place here by some of the greats in radio history are 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 big to fill uh, but I, I really, really appreciate and am grateful for, deeply grateful for the opportunity to uh, be here every day. And it, it's, it's something I look forward to. And I'm, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm humbled. Again, let me just repeat that and I will leave it at that. So thank you for listening. Spread the word, the What's Right Show, live and local here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And of course, we have the podcast too, which is the What's Right Show, uh, wherever you get your podcast and on the Odyssey app, of course. And, and people are listening all over, uh, all over the country. In fact, all over the world. We've got, we've got downloads in Asia. We have downloads in Europe. It's fascinating. This thing is spreading. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm absolutely in, in, in awe of that. So thank you, all of you, for that. Um, look, I, there are there's some angry parents out there. They're angry because these woke 
school districts run by crazy, politically correct liberals are putting their kids in harm's way. It is that simple. Now, it used to be once upon a time that the Democratic Party was the party of the working man. Now, we can't use the word man anymore because man used to mean, of course, man and woman, meant mankind. Another word that is, uh, well, it's perhaps a little passe. But today, the Democratic Party doesn't care about the working man. It's ideology first. If you are not on board with the LGBTQIA plus movement, if you thought until quite recently that that involved some kind of a large stacked sandwich, uh, you just want your kid to go to school and not get you know, burdened by all this nonsense preached to or necessarily have a biological male in, for example, your daughter's bathroom, well, then you're what? You're a transphobe. You're a bigot. You get shouted down. The party that you thought represented you doesn't. Let me say that again. The Democratic Party that used to have regular Americans, working class Americans, people that send their kids to public school, their interested heart no longer does. And it's becoming painfully obvious to me, and I think it's what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is there's a there's a there's a movement underfoot where the 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 media narrative, the talking points on MSNBC, CNN, the coming out of the White House, everybody's talking as there's there's this like fantasy reality out there, where, for example, in high school, say in Las Vegas. A boy decides he's a girl. That's it. Now he's presenting as a woman, as a as a female. Oh, he's a female. He's considered a female. And now he can go into a locker room with your daughter and be there. It doesn't matter if the person is big, strong, or even dangerous. Now, what happened in... Riverside County, California, the city of Riverside School District there, RUSD, Riverside Unified School District, they had a student who, a man who was presenting female. And this uh, boy, very big, I, you know, I don't have all the measurements, but you know, it's, I, there's a video that leaked online of a, of, a, of a beatdown, an absolute thrashing. It looks like he's about to kill this girl, and the girl looks about half his size. Now, I'm not clear in all the exact details of, of, of who the, what grade the girl or the victim was in, what led to the fight. All I know is that this, this person, this trans student, this biological male, is a, is a big biological male. And was excused on a number of occasions following violent incidents. And the parents are beside themselves. Why is this student on campus? What is going on? How is this allowed to happen? There's a, a, a number of, of school board meetings. And in the last one, on April 27th, th there was, folks, I, I've, I saw the video. It was, there was overflow, overflow all the way into the back of the room of angry parents. Now, why am I here in Las Vegas talking about a school board meeting in Riverside, California? I'm talking about it because of one simple, straightforward thing. And that is that Riverside, California, 
is a community that is lower middle class, working class. It is a community. It's okay. It is not the Bay Area. Okay, it's not the Bay. It's but it's it's working class. There are a lot of Hispanics. It is an area that politically has. Uh, you know, been a growing uh, place of support for Democrats in the past 20 years. It used to be very conservative. It's, it's changed quite a lot. And now I think we're, we've hit this inflection point where the, these are regular people. These are not conservative operatives that are going in. These are just hardworking. I, I've, I've watched these videos. I watched this whole meeting, and I have to tell you, it is obvious to me that these are regular Americans who are coming in there, and they are absolutely upset. Here's one parent, uh, Martin Luther King High School parent, Lori Lopez, uh, talking uh, last Thursday, April 27th, at the school board meeting. Apparently, she's spoken there before. And here's what she had to say. I'm here again to talk about safety at King High School. This is the fourth time I've been to this meeting to talk about safety on school campuses. The circumstances of these altercations remain truly unknown to most, but what is known is there has been an increase in violence on school campuses and that this biological male student who has now been involved in three to four altercations with females likely needs a level of mental health care that the school counselors are unable to provide. Yeah. So there's a biological male on campus, three to four altercations with females. Yeah, let me put this in another term. There's a dude beating up girls and he's got some mental health problems. I'm all for being compassionate to the perpetrator here because obviously he's messed up in the head. But, but, why isn't anything being done about it? I'm going to answer that question. By the way, the parent asked the same thing. Here's, here's her asking the question, and then let me, let's get at an answer because I think it's important. I am glad to see that this student is no longer on campus. The question is why didn't the district act sooner to protect girls? Does the news media and big accounts on social media need to be involved before the district does the right thing? This issue specifically is just one small piece in a giant puzzle of bad policies that have led to the deterioration on campuses. I refuse to believe that there isn't more that this district can do to make campuses safer. I refuse to accept that this is 100% blame on the state of California. And as a mom, I want to know what specific measures are being put in place to assure safety. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe... We all know the answer, right? Maybe the answer is that the school board didn't want to punish a trans student. Maybe, just maybe, a school board is more likely to punish a a cisgender student for initiating a fight than a trans student. Maybe, just maybe, the school board is more focused on being politically correct than maintaining safety for kids in their district. Now, Lori Lopez, the parent here of a student at Martin Luther King High School in Riverside, California, where this biological male, large biological male student had assaulted a number of girls, was exposing his genitalia in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, the students were removed, but here's here's her comments continuing. This is really spot on. Lastly, it baffles me that as a concerned mom who spoke out about this same issue last time, the last meeting, I was referred to as transphobic and accused of misgendering this student. I would like to say that because you and I disagree on ideology, it does not make me transphobic because I speak up on behalf of girls. 
this is just misguided, and I'm going to tell you that I've had enough of this. There's no reason that my 14-year-old daughter has less rights today than I had when I was a child. Yes! Someone give this lady a medal. This parent speaks for all of us. Now, the elites, the elites will tell us there's nothing to see here. And yes, if you question this, you're a bigot, you're a transphobe. But you know what? The elites are going to lose this fight. Mark my words. I got to take a quick break here. More on this when we return. It, 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 I have responses, by the way. You want to hear what these school board members are saying? If you think I'm exaggerating the reasons for why the, this school board doesn't give a rip about girls, well, I, I, I got the receipts. It's another Gen Z term. All right, friends, Sam Rajovsky. <laughs> I know, I'm having too much fun with it. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The Wits Right Show will continue in just a moment. Welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Uh, talking about the uh, school board meeting that happened in Riverside, California. Riverside is a farming uh, industrial community in Southern California. It is heavily Hispanic. A uh, lot of, one might think, looking at it, uh, a place where uh, well, it ought to be a bastion of support for Democrats based on the numbers. Now, what's going on here is some of these uh, very popular uh, Democratic-led uh, issues like transgenderism in schools, for example, is uh, creating a bit of discontent in the community. The last school board meeting on Thursday of last week, I, there was overflow in the room, angry parents – asking the question, why was a trans student not removed from school earlier, even though there were multiple incidents of this biological male uh, attacking, physically attacking, and hurting uh, girls on campus? Now, the, I played for you this was a clip of one parent, Lori Lopez, just before the break. She's baffled why this person was uh, allowed to remain on campus after the first incident, let alone after the second and third. Um, And she's also upset that she was referred to as transphobic, accused of misgendering the student as if that is the priority here, (laughs) right? Can't go against the regime. The regime, the left, the ideology is that this is hugely important. You've got to use all the right words. And by the way, the greatest crime is using the wrong language. Language, style over substance, over kids getting pummeled and hurt in the classroom. Okay, here's another parent, Joey Cervantes. Now, Joey... um, This is a working class guy. I like his style, by the way, because he's like, look, if you guys don't fix this, I will. (laughs) Listen to this. Uh, So, yeah, I'm here today because of King High School, the things that are going on with these students that call themselves females that are built like men that are actually men. Um, If anything happens with my daughter from these, I don't understand. I've been in my daughter's life for a whole 16 years and, you know, single father or single parent, you know, so... 
if anything happens with my daughter and the people to, in the uniforms come after me because I take care of a guy, now I'm in jail because of the bad things you guys allow happen. That's not cool at all. So now what happens with my daughter? It's just, it's unacceptable. Uh, put yourself in the same situation. Would you guys want your daughters getting a beat, you know, they're beat down by a guy? Uh, then what would you guys do? How would you guys act? Um, right. Bingo. If you had your kid in the school, would, would you, would you love it if there was, you know, a, I don't know, I don't know how big this kid is, but, you know, let's say 100, 180 pound, you know, six foot three male who's violent going into the girls' locker room and the school board is too scaredy pants to remove him because, oh, he's trans, so can't do that. Uh-oh, I don't want to be transphobic. I don't care if kids get hurt. I just want to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't do the wrong thing that contradicts my, my you know, ideology. Now, the school board members uh, present didn't make any comments in the second meeting. They were overwhelmed. I'll be honest with you. They, they just did not even want to talk. Um, but they did in a previous meeting. And here's what school board member Lauren Briscoe uh, did to defend the trans assaulter. And this was before further assaults happened, right? So there's a meeting earlier on where it was starting to be a problem after the first video came out. And it only got worse from there. But listen to this. You wonder, to answer that other parent's question, that, that, that gal, Ms. Lopez, who, who's asking, well, why don't you do anything about it? Here's what the school board members were actually worried about doing. Listen to this. Some of the comments that I've seen since the fight has become so pub publicized are extremely unsettling, and many consisted of parents dehumanizing and invalidating the girl who is transgender, refusing to respect her identity, refusing to acknowledge her as a woman, and refusing to see that at one point during the fight, two girls themselves were on her. Oh, I see. So, by the way, I looked at the video. I mean, the, 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 oh, the, the trans student is the aggressor, okay? It's a violent beating, folks. Violent. Be it's, I, look, it ought to be charged as attempted murder. So... Here's Lauren Briscoe uh, further. Uh, this is the school board member uh, kind of going back more and saying more of what she just said, uh, doubling down on her previous comments. I want to say that I am a woman. I go to a school in our ESD, and I acknowledge that there is nothing that a transgender woman can do that a cis woman cannot fight or no fight. And I want to emphasize that the girl who is transgender is a woman and that is all she'll ever be. So please be open and embrace our children in our ESD. Thank you. Uh, gag me. What a load of crap. Your job as a, as a oh, this is a student board member, by the way, okay? But you're, if you're on this board, your, your, your job, I don't care if you're the student, I don't care if you're the elected official, your job is to protect kids. These platitudes about about gender ideology are worthless, and it, and it and it honestly, folks, it comes second to the common sense of 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 school safety. And this is, I think, where the left loses uh, working class America. 
Because I'll tell you, when it comes to that Joey Cervantes uh, guy, when it comes to Joey, I'm convinced that the mainstream media saw his speech, and, and, and they may not have said it on air, but I know what they thought. I know these people. They, they listened to him saying, oh, you know, I, I'm in my daughter's life, and, you know, if something happens to her, you know, I'm going to go in there. Something bad's going to happen. You know what they're thinking? They're thinking, what a rube. What a rube. And that's the thing, folks. The left looks down on us. The radical leftists that run the Democratic Party today, they look down on us. We are just rubes to them. The problem is, we're right, and they're wrong. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Quick break, and I will be back, so don't go anywhere. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Friends, welcome back to the program. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only law firm to trust for your injury case. Uh, if you want lawyers that represent and share your values, trust me on that. Very important uh, to have somebody have your back that um, you're on the same page with. Now, friends, uh, this this stuff cooking in our schools, it's really simple to me, right? It's really simple. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a biological male with all the male equipment, okay? I don't think that person belongs in a, in, in a changing room, in a locker room. You got to figure out a plan B for that person. It's tough. I understand that. But there will be problems, and to deny that is just insanity. You can't shut down any conversation about this by saying uh, it's transphobic it's you know it's like unacceptable and whatnot denying basic biology denying uh, well the whole reason why we have separate locker rooms for boys and girls and uh, bathrooms for boys and girls in high school in particular when there start to be well, I'm not just talking about the sexual stuff and, and, and puberty, obviously, and raging hormones, all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking also where in high school in particular, you get there are huge differences in sizes, in relative sizes of, of students. Some kids get their growth spurts later. And then you have kids like my son. My, my son is a freshman. He's 15. I give him a hug. And his arms just – his wingspan, right, his tip-to-tip uh, uh, arms stretched out is larger than mine. Mine. I'm not, I'm not a midget, all right? I'm, I'm 5'11", 6 foot, you know, right there on the cusp. My son's 6'3", going on 6'4", and he's 15. Plays water polo. He's built pretty well, okay? If he suddenly decided to be a, a girl – um. You know, it, I mean, it, it, if I was the father of a girl, which I, of course I have girls as well, of a girl sharing the same locker room as him, I would be up in arms. 
And so while this is not affecting my kids because I have opted to put my kids in Catholic school where we're not dealing with this kind of horse crap, um, I know it's affecting thousands upon thousands of American families. And I'm worried sooner or later there, there, there'll be issues here in, in Vegas. Uh, if they're, we're we're going to learn of them. They're going to start popping up. Now, here's a high school student from the high school where this large uh, biological male student presenting as female was able to uh, uh, get involved in a number of fights and attack a number of biologically female and smaller girls and wasn't removed for quite some time from the school until, frankly, this story began getting attention in the news media, local news media, and finally the district did something about it. Here is a plea from a, a high school student who goes to this school. And you know what? I think it's uh, worthwhile to listen. I am an 18-year-old high school student and wanted to take this time to bring to your attention the current issue with biological men claiming they are women and in turn truly believing that they are entitled to use women's spaces. There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a bio biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. It was infuriating when I had seen the video on social media, but what was detrimental to this is the fact that this man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, the question we must address is why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? When did the kids begin making more sense than the adults? Here she continues. What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is we aren't. The majority of us aren't, and yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. I will conclude with this. It all starts with you. You are in charge of the safety of us women and, our, and, the, parent, and the kids of our parents. So please do something about it. Thank you. Uh, bingo, right? Spot on. Absolutely fantastic. The, the true perversity of all of this is, of course, that she's right. And the policymaker, politician, school board members that think the priority is making sure we don't misgender somebody and, and, and addressing and catering to the sub 1% at the expense of the 99.8% of the population uh, is what we ought to be doing. And incidentally as well, um, let me just point this out. It just reminds me of the great little story we all read in school. when Back when school libraries were, were filled with uh, storybooks about things that were uplifting and not just about uh, instructions on how to have sexual intercourse. Um, yes, elementary school libraries, uh, instructions on how to have sexual intercourse, etc., Remember the story about the emperor's new clothes? What happened in that story? Well, the little boy at some point goes, oh my gosh, but look, ha ha, the, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. And all the adults, you know, well, what, what's little Johnny talk? Well, it's, you know, it doesn't have any clothes on. It's, it's going to take women to step up in particular because it's womanhood that is being erased through all this. It's women's safety that is being sacrificed at the altar of trans correctness. Okay? But 
those of us who are men who are in a position to speak up and be you know and 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 share our opinions and persuade others we have to do we have to do it too we have to do it as well but this student is absolutely right you're in charge of our safety of women and girls please do something about it separate spaces for women is for the safety of women i mean this is a very i guess this is a very regressive thing to say of me but separating men and women is not for the safety of men Okay, let me just be honest about that. If you think it is, um, I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, denying basic evol evolutionary biology. By the way, thank you, Bruce. Uh, listener Bruce uh, emailed me a few minutes ago. Uh, Sam, I've been enjoying the show, which I only discovered a few weeks ago. Uh, earlier, by the way, I was talking about groomers and how they, they don't they don't like these libs in these schools they don't like being called groomers when they're tr doing these sexually suggestive performances in front of our kids putting in pornographic material in the libraries etc i don't like the term groomers so uh bruce had an idea that perhaps i should use the term caligulizers which uh i personally love um and it reminds me of a 2017 piece here Producer Robbie dug this out of the archive. Camille Paglia, uh, transgender and civilization's decline. By the way, Camille Paglia was a, was a, a left-wing, old-school left-wing uh, uh, feminist, radical feminist. And, uh, you know, uh, she talks about this in the piece, right? She talks about, there's a great bit in here about people who live in such times feel that they're very sophisticated, that they're very cosmopolitan, right? They're reordering society. The, the, the definition of male and female, we're changing everything. And by the way, we're, we're so smart. Back to, of course, what I was saying at the bottom of the hour here. They, they think we're rubes. They point their finger at us. You rubes, you fools. You bigots, you, you know, backwards people. But just like when the little boy looked at the emperor and said, sir, you're naked. We have to stand up to these people and say, you know what? That is absolutely, you're insane. I don't care if you think I'm, uh, I'm a bigot. You're absolutely out of your gourd if you think it's okay for a guy with swinging his you-know-what-see all around a girl's locker room in high school, you think that's a good idea. You ought to get your head examined, you pervert. Caligulizers, I like that. Thank you for listening, Bruce. Glad to have you with us. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, back in a jiff. Well, here's, uh, friends, here's another example of, you know, of left-wing ideology being considered uh, a vogue and elite, elite thinking at the expense of regular Americans. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show here Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. This terrible tragedy in Texas. Uh, a man lost his wife, nine-year-old son, uh, in a mass shooting. Uh, the shooter uh, was a... Uh, what, a, 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 an illegal immigrant? Are we even allowed to say this? 
deported multiple times. Yep, we got an open border. Trump says, oh, not everybody that comes over here is a good person up in arms. What a racist. How dare he say that? Meanwhile, it turns out that like a lot of things that Trump says, he's, he's somewhat right. This guy wasn't a good guy. And if the Biden administration had any, I don't, had any decency to actually enforce our immigration laws, this guy could have been deported and wouldn't be here. So what are the state troopers supposed to do about this guy? By the way, he had multiple run-ins with the law and whatnot. They can't, they, they're, 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 their hands are tied. The Biden administration is, is telling its agents not to deport people. They're not doing it. Just imagine this one deportation could have led to lives being saved. And this is happening over and over and over again. So again, at the expense, at the expense of regular Americans living in, you know, a, a rural, somewhat rural part of Texas, you know, they are, they are the, become the victims. The sacrifices at the altar of political correctness. Make no mistake about it, the American left today will sacrifice you, your family, your kids, your livelihood for the sake of their woke agenda. They don't care about you. Meanwhile, what is conservatism? Conservatism for me is empowering you to do your best and provide for your family, being successful, attaining independence, and the government providing the security and the safety and common sense policies that provide the framework for you to live a prosperous life and getting out of the way everywhere else. That's a winning policy. Now I I you know I I, I tell you I, I, I think that's I think that's about as, as basic and straightforward as it gets. Now I I well well Biden I don't know. I think I think there are there are I think it, in some places it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. I mean, here's a story today, right, in the Daily Mail. It's a little bit of a different a different subject, but it's all part of the same problem. You know those encampments that are taking over LA that they're not thankfully it's not out of control here. You know like the city of Las Vegas still up until now it could all change, you know, next election we could get some leftists on city council it could all go to hell in a handbasket uh but these encampments that are that are taking over neighborhoods um and they're they're by the way they're 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 illegal right in la but they're just not it's not enforced go to beverly hills cops clear out the encampments if there's if they're not yeah there's if they're blocking sidewalks they, they clear them out so the bums move across the street can i call them bums i think i can so anyway the bums get just get shuffled up. Oregon wants to decriminalize encampments, and they want to let the homeless sue for a thousand dollars if they're harassed or told to leave. Imagine, I in front of my building here in Las Vegas, downtown Las Vegas. I'm on a, a, a nice corner that I am. I, I I personally, you know, will go out there in the morning, and you know, there there'll be 
some pretty nasty things left behind. You know, the, the, the homeless will have like a, a, a bacchanal, you know, sometime at two in the morning and they'll, they'll leave behind traces of a, of a wild party. So I got to get my, you know, my gloves and I go out there, I clean it up because of course I'm not above doing that. It's what you have to do. And in my view, everybody here, every business owner on our, on our block and in our neighborhood, the arts district in downtown Las Vegas, if we, and we're all doing it, right? We're all working really hard to keep our businesses, our sidewalks clean. Because why? If it's clean, people will come and it'll slowly get better and, and we'll make our, our city beautiful and we're doing it. Again, individuals, I'm not here crying for the city to come clean it up. I just put my gloves on and do it myself. I get out of my beautiful car and I step out there in my suit and I'm picking up trash. That's what you do. Imagine if the bums that I'm chasing off the sidewalk here in front of my business because they're just sitting out there in their own crap could sue me for a thousand bucks. Oh, gosh, I, I would just pay it for them. You know, how much fentanyl does a thousand bucks buy? I'm kidding. I'm kid. I'm kidding. I'm just saying this is absolutely insane. So how bad does it have to get before people begin voting out these Democrat lunatics that are making these kind of proposals? And here, at least, I would say they're doing it through the front door. They're decriminalizing it. In L.A., they just don't enforce the existing laws. Same with immigration. Biden just comes along and through executive fiat nullifies federal law directs his agency heads in the Department of Homeland Security to, 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 not, to not enforce uh, federal law. It's unacceptable. It's terrible, and it needs to change. Now, I, I, I tell you, the grand scheme of things, you know, what happens with all this, I, 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 I think in some of these cities, I mean, these, LA needs to, I don't know what'll happen. How many more people need to be assaulted by criminals, killed by criminals who've been let out of jail repeatedly by a woke district attorney who, again, speaking of nullifying laws, right, who just decides to not enforce existing laws, let people out in a revolving door of repeat criminality until the point that they actually commit a violent crime. And then, of course, yeah, then they charge them with murder one, but then it's too late. Yes, the, 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 damage has been, the damage has been done. We know from New York what it took to clean up New York, one of the most frighteningly criminal cities and, and, and uh, grimy cities in the 70s. Uh, you know, a lot, Republican Rudy Giuliani came in and said, look, we're going to clean this up. We're going to start prosecuting low-level offenses. You go and you, 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 know, you public urination, vandalism, petty theft. What they found is, Right, so the broken windows through. They found that that ultimately the, the larger crimes started to drop. And every parent, right, every every mom and dad out there that is listening to this is going, yeah, well, I you know, I'm no criminologist, but I understand that. If you at home cut your kids slack on the little stuff, how long before real problems start to come up? Right? It's the same principle. You let your kids get away with the small stuff. Eventually, they'll 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 begin. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. You know, next thing you know, they come home pregnant. 
and I see this, by the way, I see this with my friends. I, you know, I don't, I'm not naming anybody specifically here. I, it's just I, I see if parents are lax and, and, and chill with their kids and let them get away with little stuff. Now that the kids are getting to be in their teenage years, they're absolute hellions. And meanwhile, you know, I think we're, uh, my wife and I are very strict parents, relatively, and um, uh, loving, absolutely, but strict. And, and our, our kids are, are, you know, knock on wood, mostly on, on the rails. Even then, it's a fight. So this, you know, if, you, you know, the, the, the governments, the problem with this for the left is eventually even the leftists that have these homeless encampments in front of their homes in their neighborhoods, rampant crime, needles lying everywhere, trash, diminished property values, suffering, assaults, and even murders going up and up. I mean, maybe they'll see the light. Right now, I think it's going to, for some of these cities, it's need to get worse. And we here in Las Vegas, friends, we need to pay attention to it and not let it go down that road here. We cannot let this happen. We cannot let it happen. All right, friends, time's up. Two hours of radio excellence gone by just like that. This is what happens when you're having a good time. All right, I'll be back here tomorrow. You know the place, uh, same spot, same channel. The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, the Odyssey app. Anywhere you get your podcast, What's Right Show, find me there. Friends, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.